This is the last Sunday of our faith and discipline topic, y'all. We're finishing Hebrews today, and uh, I'm kind of excited about it because finally in this message, we get to put them both together, the faith and, faith and the discipline. And so I want to start with just simply asking the question, what did God do? Pretty generic question, pretty wide open. You can answer it a lot of ways. We just sang about Oh Holy Night, and so we look at the little, I was standing there in front of the manger scene there, and I was thinking of that question. I thought, all right, what did God do? What is it that God has accomplished? What is it that, that God is at work at, and, and, and because he begins a project and never quits until he finishes it, what is it that he's doing in us, and what is he accomplishing in us? And that's what this last chapter of Hebrews really focuses on, so we're going to read verses 1 through 9. You ready? Okay, I'll wait till you are. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Verses 1 through 9 says, Let brotherly love continue. Don't neglect to show hospitality. For by doing this, some have welcomed angels as guests without knowing it. Remember, those in prison as though you were in prison with them and the mistreated as though you yourselves were suffering bodily. Marriage is to be honored by all and the marriage bed kept undefiled because God will judge the sexually immoral and, and adulterers. Keep your life free from the love of money. Be satisfied with what you have for he himself has said, I'll never leave you or abandon you. Therefore, we may boldly say the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Verse 7, remember your leaders who have spoken God's word to you as you carefully observe the outcome of their lives, imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Don't be led astray by various kinds of strange teachings. For it is good for the heart to be established by grace and not by food regulations. We're grateful for that one, right? Okay. Uh, since those who observe them have not benefited. All right, pray with me. Father, again today we thank you for the opportunity we have to gather, that we get to worship, we get to sing, we get to celebrate, we get to enjoy the fellowship that we have together as the body of Christ and the fellowship of believers. And we thank you, God, that your word teaches that as we gather like this, you meet with us. And so, God, uh, I believe you have something to say to each one of us. I believe your word speaks to each of us. I believe your spirit communicates and, and illumines it to us that we might understand not simply what you have done, but God, what you are accomplishing in and through us. And so God, we give you thanks and praise that we get to be a part of what you're doing in Jesus name. Amen. All right, so as a kid, uh, when I was in my elementary school years, uh, uh, there was a whole group of us, uh, you know, a little, little uh, uh, I won't call it a gang because that's a bad word now, but it was a gang back then, uh, and, and, and we played in the yards in our neighborhood, right? We had some woods next to my house, and, and, and my neighbor, Laurie, across the street, she had a great big old front yard, and, and we would play those games in the front yard, you know, where one line of kids would line up right here, and another line would line up right here, and you'd, and you'd scream at each other, Red Rover, Red Rover, send... How many of you remember that? Okay, so oh, that's pretty good. That's a, that's a pretty wide age range. I expect young folks go, what? Anyway, all right, so there was another game we used to play, and, and one person would get up on the, on the uh, 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 like the porch like this, and, and we'd be in a line out there, and, it, and we called it bum, bum, bum. Who knows that one? Nobody! <laughs> Amazing. So you'd make this thing say, uh, uh, bum, 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 here we come all the way from Washington. And the person on the, on the porch would say, what's your occupation? 
And then a line of kids would say, most any old thing. I think this came out of the government somewhere during the New Deal. <laughs> I think that's why they used the word bum, and I think that's why they were looking for work. I don't know. Anyway, but anyway, what, what, what's your occupation? Most any old thing. And then the person on the porch would say, well, get to work. And so you just start doing charade. You start doing the motion of the job you wanted to do. And the person on the stage, if they could get on the porch, if they could uh, guess your job and then jump off the, sta- off the porch and catch you before you got back to the back line, you had to get up on the porch, right? So the whole thing was this acting out thing. So, so some people would be digging, you know, and some people would be listening to the heart and that kind of, and you'd doctor or, or, or ditch digger or, 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 or army or something like that, you know, and then you go chasing them out through there. I remember that. I looked it up online, you know, because Google knows everything. Google don't know boom, boom, boom. <laughs> Y'all don't know it. Good. There was one entry for it, and, 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 but they called it Pretty Girl Station. And I remember that being thrown in when there were a lot of girls in the game. But we didn't allow that when we were in charge. What is it that we want to understand as we finish the book of Hebrews today? And as we understand, we began the year with faith and discipline and talked about the disciplines of our faith, those things that we, we do or, or we should do, I, I believe God wants us to do every day. So that as, as, as we engage in these disciplines of what it means to be a follower of Jesus, as what it means to, to, to follow and, and to abide in the Word of God, that as we engage in these things every day, God uses these disciplines to grow and develop and refine and shape us into that which He wants us and has provided for us to be in the shed blood of His Son, Jesus Christ. And so these first six verses give us a whole line of things where it says, do this and do this and don't forget this and make sure you're on top of this. And so, so when I read these things, I'm starting to look at this now and, and I, I get this image of what, what the writer of Hebrews is telling us is, here's what it looks like. If you're going to follow Jesus, this is what it looks like. If you're going to be obedient to God's expectation in your life, this is what it looks like. See, oftentimes when I'm counseling with couples for weddings and stuff like that, and, and we get to that 13th chapter of Corinthians, y'all know that one, 1 Corinthians, where it says love is this and love is this and love is this. And, and we love lists because we like, the, we like the directness of a list. Okay, well, if I'm patient, then I must love. Well, if I'm kind, then I must love. If I don't, uh, you know, hold uh, grudges, then I must love. That's not why we have that passage in 1 Corinthians. It's not why we have this list right here. I think what God is pointing out to us in 1 Corinthians and in this list is if love exists, these are the characteristics that will follow. If you truly love someone, then guess what? You will be patient with the one you love. See? And so when we consider these things, we we start to look at this and let brotherly love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality. What is that? That, that, That's just kind of a basic kindness and a a provision statement right there. For by doing this, some have welcomed angels as guests without knowing. We know this phrase right here. You know, some have attended angels unaware. How many of you recognize that from the King James Version? Right? This idea that because we are hospitable, because we are kind to others, because we are willing to provide and to to welcome others, that that just, mm -hmm, I mean, the, First says it. 
Angels may have showed up in your midst and you didn't even know it. I, 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 I love this gathering. I love you guys. You're the 810 gathering, most of you. You know, uh, I love it. I love it that years and years ago, one of the things we established, and, and we, uh, I said, I don't care who comes through that door, you better love them. I don't care who they are. Hug their neck, shake their hand, smile at them. And then it was a little bit after that, I said, offer them a cup of coffee. Thank you, Harold Batts. Harold, you stand right there at that door with the bulletins, and there was two little glass pots of coffee right there in the hallway. And Harold stand there, and they'd be standing there, with, and particularly one person in mind was standing there with her cup of coffee, afraid to come in. And Harold said, come on in. She went, like that, hell, no, no, go ahead. Uh, David Hyatt was sitting right there where Jackie is, and David had a cup of coffee about that big. <laughs> and he'd empty it before he got here, and he'd go out there and fill it up with a whole pot. Right? Hospitality. Love the people who come to the place of worship right? Show hospitality. Remember those in prison as though you were in prison with them and the mistreated as though you yourselves were suffering bodily, suffering bodily. Marriage is to be honored by all in the marriage bed kept undefiled. Folks, that, that should go unsaid, but it has to be said. Because God will judge the sexually immoral Oh, my goodness. And adulterers. Keep your life free from the love of money. Be satisfied with what you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you or abandon you. So I, I looked at this list and I was like, all right, well, well, well what is this list? Does this mean, all right, I'm, 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 I love people. Check. Uh, I, I'm hospitable. Not really, but I'm hospitable. Check. Uh, I've been to prison. I used to do Bill Glass prison ministry. I'd ride my motorcycle into the prison. <laughs> right? I used to go to prisons and visit in the prisons and share the gospel. Uh, I, I've visited with those and been with those who've been mistreated. And, and Okay, good. I'm doing great. So, so what is it that God has done in me? Is, is, is it that God, uh, because I can check off the list and I know that my faith is strong? No, that's, that's not the purpose of the list. If there's faith, these things will be evident. Marriage will be honored. The marriage bed will be kept pure. Don't be a greed, the love of money. Being satisfied and content. Paul, writing from prison, said, I am content in whatever state I am. You see, so, so when we're walking with God, when we're, we're being refined and, and shaped by what God desires in our lives and what he has provided for in our lives and, and spending time in those six disciplines, spending time with God, spending time in his word, spending time in prayer, spending time in worship, spending time telling other people about Jesus and spending time serving others. That's the six. Y'all write them down? No. Because we covered the first quarter of them. When we engage in those things as an expression of our faith, the faith is the starting point. These things follow. See? 
So, so these are these characteristics. Faith produces the characteristics. The characteristics do not produce the faith. Okay? And then he says in verses 7, and this is the one that scares the daylights out of me. Watch those who live it. Listen to what he says. Remember your leaders who have spoken God's word to you. Um, first church I pastored was up just a little bit north of Baltimore. We were in Harford County in a little town called, called Joppa Town. Uh, it was a bedroom community built for the Bethlehem Steel Factories. And so it was a very planned community, you know. It had sort of like the canal streets out here. You had these fake land bridges, you know, and houses on either side and just all that kind of stuff. And, and, and I remember as, 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 as God began to bless Town Baptist Church, it was really cool that when people, we had an old guy, John Parsons, and he was he was the greeter person. He was like Ray and Bill. Uh, uh, John Parsons was the greeter person. He'd stand there with bulletins, and and when people would come in the door, he'd go, "Welcome to town." I thought that's a great greeting right there. Welcome to town. So anyway, he'd pass out the bulletins, you know, and 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 God just started blessing the gather. I mean, Town Baptist, and 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 we added an eight thirty worship time, and then we planted a church up the road, and I would I would preach at eight thirty. They'd do Sunday school at nine thirty, and I would I would preach at eight thirty, drive to the church plant and preach over there, and I'd come back and preach at eleven o'clock, and and so I mean, it, God was just was just blowing up, and 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 one deacon came to me one Sunday and said to me, he said. He said, you know, the only thing that could mess this up is if you came up dirty. Man, has that stayed with me? There's accountability in the body of Christ, folks. And that's why it says that leaders and teachers will be held doubly accountable. You see? But it's not just for those who would lead and teach. Folks, we don't represent ourselves. We represent our Savior. When the world sees our faith acted out in these characteristics, then, then, then this is what they're seeing, is they're seeing Christ in us. So as you look at leaders of faith, do you see these characteristics? I mean, that's what he's saying. Remember your leaders who have spoken God's word to you as you carefully observe the outcome of their lives. Imitate their faith. Boy, those of you my age, maybe older, even some younger, when we see leadership fall, that's why I say this is the one, this, this one right here makes me, God, I need your strength. God, I need your nearness. God, I need your closeness. But folks, we all do. All of us need to be mindful of Christ in us. Okay? goes on to say, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and forever. We like that verse, right? We love that one. We put that one on plaques in our houses. The idea that God doesn't change. The same things that God expected... Of the early followers of Jesus, God expects today. He, he, he didn't start whiting out parts of the expectation. He didn't start redacting behaviors. He didn't change the, the expression of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. He didn't say, oh, that was culturally relevant. It's not anymore. He, he, he didn't come up with the bumper sticker, love is love. 
Okay? God didn't do that. God has an expectation of his people to represent him. Let your light so shine before men that they see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Does your life bring glory to God? Man, I'll be honest. I didn't have this completely mapped out when we started the year. I knew we'd be in Hebrews. But I didn't know this was the way we were going to finish. Everybody shows up at Christmas time for a happy message. Ooh, let's talk about angels and, and, and shepherds and, and little drum. No, not drummer boys. Sorry. That's another cartoon from my childhood. But when you see people that you can, you can visually and experientially see their faith being lived out. See, I don't believe this is just simply for the guy standing behind the table. I believe that you live out God's word and others see it in you. And what he's telling us is imitate the faith of those who live out their faith. Right? Follow those who know the word of God. Follow those who who speak the word of God to you. God hasn't changed. Jesus hasn't changed. Don't be led astray by various kinds of strange teachings. Right? Man, somebody comes up with a new idea. Man, they start a church. Y'all notice that? My goodness. Hadn't changed from when God put it down in writing. I had a friend of mine in Bible college. Bible college, he said, yeah, I'm afraid some of these new, uh, let's call them spiritual practices are more the cause of indigestion than the Spirit of God. <laughs> I, think he had, I think that he held that as a conviction. I don't know. But then he does say this, be careful of the imposters. Don't be led astray by various kinds of strange teachings. For it is good for the heart to be established by grace now stop right there because we know that the hebrew writer is writing to the hebrew people he's writing christians folks who have come out of the judaism and the hebrew faith to follow christ as messiah and and some of them are still being being pulled and tugged by the legalism and the and the rigidness of of the jewish system and 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 this is where i always have to mention bacon Right? Because they, they were not allowed to eat pork. And I'm just like, I, 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 they're not allowed to, right? And that's what he's saying right there. He's saying that, he said, be established by grace, God's grace, what God has provided for us, what God has given to us. What, it, what has God done in you? What has God done for you? What is God accomplishing in you? You see, we are the body of Christ. When we leave this place this morning, great, y'all, I tell you over and over again, you get a star for being here, yay! But, but do you look like a follower of Christ when you go back out the doors? See, that's what God's watching for. Does our faith produce the characteristics of godliness, righteousness, and holiness? 
right? I think the writer of Hebrews is saying to us in this beginning part of chapter 13 when he says, all right, I've told you about the superiority and supremacy of Christ as the Messiah, as the messenger of God, as the one God has spoken to in these last times. I have told you about the high priesthood of Christ, actually the the highest priesthood of Christ, because there is no priest higher than Christ. When When Christ brought the blood, he brought his own blood. For our forgiveness. And then he starts to work it out after chapter 10 into verse 13. That that this is the application of faith. This is what faith looks like. This is what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And he points to this. this, And he gives us this list. And I, I, I hate lists. I don't like them. Right? My mom would say, all right, you got these three things to do today. And I go, what if I don't get to them all? Right? But but what he's saying is, is this is what faith looks like. This is what it looks like to have surrender in your life to God's will. This is what it looks like to have, have trusted Jesus for salvation and forgiveness. This is what it looks like in your life. This is the way you behave. I told y'all before that when I lived up in Baltimore area, you know, they've always tried to reform the city of Baltimore from the mayor and down. And they'd come up with these cute little kitschy kind of little sayings for Baltimore to try to improve the community dynamic. Now, the truth about Baltimore, and that's probably true of every big city, but the city of Baltimore was, was very severely divided ethnically, uh, communally i mean there's this whole section of of, and you knew that this was the jewish section you know and 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 a lot of times you you had to be careful traveling between sections especially if you're an ignorant southern boy so i'd go walking down the street and people be looking at me like had a friend, I had a guy that I baptized. I mean, he got saved and he and, and, and was coming to Town Baptist Church. And he said, oh, yeah, growing up, he said, I lived on a dead-end street down in the city. He said, and there were a lot of times when folks would make a wrong turn. He said, they didn't get out of our street without paying something. I'm like, man, see? I, I, I don't think it was hospitality that they found. Right. So what does it look like for you? I really want us to finish this 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 whole message topic with this. Got a new year coming. Next week I'm gonna preach on Christmas, all right? All Christmas Eve. I'm gonna preach four times Sunday morning. We're gonna have two candlelight Christmas Eve worship gathering Sunday night with the Lord's Supper and we're just gonna have a big time all day next 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 Sunday and then about nine o'clock Sunday night. I'm going to get an IV. (laughs) Somebody else suggested that. But my point is, next Sunday, we're going to talk about God's greatest gift. You know, we got lists of gifts. I was having this conversation with somebody last night about spiritual gifts. You know, God's greatest gift is his son, Jesus. You know what spiritual gifts are? The Holy Spirit. It all still belongs to God. He still has charge of it. So next year, next week, we're going to talk about God's greatest gift. And, 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 
the gift that you received from God in Christ Jesus, what has it produced in you? What has God done? What has God accomplished? If he hasn't accomplished everything he wanted to accomplish in and through you, big question of the day, why? What prevented him from doing the work in and through you that he sought to do? Did you get in God's way? Came up couple weeks ago with a new spectrum scale that I think fits biblical truth. Scale of 1 to 10. 1 being selfish. 10 being sacrificial. Where do we fall on that scale? I've been asking people all week long. The scale is 1 to 10. And, and these things are saying, give yourself to others. These characteristics of our faith are about giving ourselves away, giving Jesus away, you see? Or, or are we selfish in seeking our own way and pleasing our own selves and, and doing for ourselves? You see? Um, I, I, I look at this and I go, you know what? If God is making us into the image of his son Jesus from one degree of glory to the next, then he is calling us to die to ourselves every day. Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. I remember when it dawned on me that Jesus told his disciples that before he had taken up his cross. And then when he took up his cross and died for them, they remembered what he had said. Folks, ours is to be a sacrificial life. We give ourselves away to others. See, instead of holding on to the things God's given us, we give it away. Give it to others. See, I'll go back over the characteristics just for fun, you know. Brotherly love. Hospitality. I sort of subtitled that one, See the Angels? Remember those in prison. Remember those who are mistreated. Remember those who are suffering. Marriage is honored. Marriage bed is pure. No sexual immorality. No adulterers. No lovers of money. Be content with what you have because guess what? You have Jesus. And if you have Jesus, you have enough. Man, that's a great way to finish this topic of faith and discipline. Let your faith be visible. Let your faith be alive. Let the world see your faith. Like the book of Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews, like the explanation of Paul in the book of Romans, it all starts with Jesus. It all starts with this, the international sign of surrender. God, I belong to you. Jesus, I'm yours. Do with me what you will. Do in me what you will. Do through me what you will. See, let God lead you in that. Make for an exciting Christmas to let God lead you into it. All righty?
We all have traditions and things that we do at Christmas time. My encouragement to you would be to change something up this week that points only to Jesus. Whatever it is, you know. I saw, I know, I see all the, it's all cool stuff, you know. You see the buttons and the pins and Jesus is the reason for the season and, you know, those kind of little things. Yeah, just just make the conversation happen. There is meaning in Christmas beyond the material and the decorations and the stuff. The meaning is Jesus. If you know Jesus, and I believe it's something he's called us to do. Maybe you want to be a part of the gathering, what God's doing here at the gathering. You can come join. All you got to do is come down here and say, I want to join the gathering. I'll tell you how to do that. But the most important thing this morning is that if you don't know Jesus, you need Jesus. Especially right here at Christmas time. What a great time to celebrate God's greatest gift. Pray with me. Father, thank you for today. Thank you that faith looks like something. And thank you, God, that you've given us instruction as to what it looks like. You've provided for us the the kind of uh, outworking of faith that you long to see in us. Even though it does come in the form of a list. God, we don't check off the list. We live the faith. And the list takes care of itself. So God, I thank you this morning that we get to gather and worship because this is one of the evidences of faith that we want to gather with the body and have fellowship and worship you. So God, as we sing this last song, God, if there's a troubled heart in the room, if there's a wanderer, if there's someone that doesn't know Jesus, someone lost, God, our prayer is, is that they'd come to you today and know Jesus. Thank you for the morning. Speak to our hearts as we sing and let us sing praise to you in Jesus' name. Amen.